0: to talk to you guys just for a little bit, but as I talk to them, I'm also going to be talking to all of you because all of the things that I'm going to be talking about will be a snapshot, it'll be a reminder to you of the moment you made the decision to be water baptized. And if you haven't been water baptized, I hope that after today, you are convinced the need the responsibility that you have to be water baptized. So I'm gonna walk through just a simple teaching on baptism, and then at the end, I'm gonna give one big thought out of scripture, out of Acts chapter eight, that I think will be applicable to everybody that's here, and we can walk away with some hope, some encouragement, some life, and we'll walk out fired up a little bit, ready to go take on the world, amen? But today is a big day. It's a big day to celebrate these lives, the change, the impact that is to come. I remember I was baptized as a and I was baptized twice. You said, "What was wrong with you?" Like where you like this hellion sinner? Yes, I was. But the first time I was baptized, it was because it was my parents' decision. You know, we we take our kids, and my kids, they got baptized and when they were really little, and it really wasn't their choice. They are getting baptized. Anybody else did that to your kids? Absolutely. And they like uh, uh, confirmed it and they believed it. And I'm not second guessing their decisions or my decision when I was a little kid to follow Jesus, because if we start getting to that kind of mindset, then we're in trouble, right? We believe that the kids wanted it, but the parents ushered them into that moment. So I was baptized as a kid, elementary school. It was my parents' choice. But as I got older, I started to make some uh, not great decisions and I fell out of church a little bit. No, I didn't go rob banks or I didn't get strung out on heroin or do the marijuana or anything like that, right? I just, I fell in love with the money God, Right? I fell in love with the money guy, and I started working. And before long, and this is what happens as parents, you got small kids, they get up and they get in the workforce. Before long, if you don't make Wednesdays and Sundays a priority for your kids to come to church, the, the grocery store will, Walmart will, all the places that they work, they will make it a priority that your kids work. Why? Because they need employees. And I missed the first Sunday, it wasn't a big deal. The second Sunday, wasn't a big deal. But then six months later, I started missing church continually, and I fell out of church, and my. relationship with him became lukewarm and I'd fallen from the place that I knew I was supposed to be. But I was 18, 19 years old, my freshman year of college. God woke me up again with a story I'd have to tell another day. He woke me up and he said, Kyle, it's time to come back and renew your relationship with me. And I came to church that Sunday morning, saw a lot of my old friends, the pastor of the church, who's now my father-in-law. And back then I was wearing some Wrangler pants, you know, with the big W's on the behind. I was wearing a star starstub shirt, a straw cowboy hat, and some of them cowboy boot. And I walked in and that day was a special day. It was a marked day that I would give my heart and life to Jesus Christ. I don't even know what the pastor preached on. He could have been preaching on tax evasion, adultery, government problems. But I walked myself down that aisle, turned those Wranglers over, and I said, God, I'm giving you my everything and after that moment after confessing and believing in Jesus one more time the pastor said then you need to be baptized and I said well I was baptized as a kid He said you can do it again a few weeks later, I was water baptized in front of the whole church. I felt like a big dork, 19 years old, big dorky white guy coming up in there to get baptized when there was a lot of kids being baptized. But it was a moment in my life that marked me forever. Why? Because it wasn't my parents' decision. It was my decision. It was Kyle saying, from this point forward, I'm never, ever, 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 ever going to turn back. From this point forward, I'm going on mission. From this point on, I'm not going to miss. I'm gonna give Jesus Christ my all. Now, perfect, no way. Go talk to my wife afterwards. <laughs> not perfect, not above like being goody two-shoes. No, I'm, I'm talking about there was a decision in my life and this month I turned 45 years old and from that moment at 19 years of age, the moment I was water baptized, I continually every day keep saying yes and yes and yes and yes to him. Today is that day for these 10 that are being baptized. Today is that day and we have no idea. We have no idea what's going to happen in the lives of Steve and Sophia and Nancy and Jacqueline and Veronica and Brittany and Alyssa and Selena and Abigail. We have no idea where God's going to take them or what he wants to do with them. But today is that day and we wanted to just post Easter celebrate life change through water baptism we wanted today to be just as significant as Easter for all the people that made the decisions and wrote their names on the wall, and they put the date down, that they were gonna follow after Jesus Christ, that they have decided to follow him. And so we gave them some time to make that decision and to prepare everything. And so this day, the day before the week before Mother's Day, we said we want it to be all about baptism. And so that's what I wanna to talk to you about today, just a little teaching on baptisms Did you know that there are actually three baptisms? There is the baptism into Jesus, which is the first baptism. The moment that you accepted Christ, you repented, you confessed, you believed, you turned from your wicked ways, you confessed Jesus, you were actually baptized into the body of Christ. First Corinthians twelve thirteen says, for we were all baptized into one spirit as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given to the one spirit to drink. So that moment, Whether it's a vacation Bible school, a kids camp, a youth camp, a Sunday morning service. Maybe it's an adult camp. Maybe it was on Easter itself. You and I made that decision to follow Jesus Christ. We were baptized into the body of Christ in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Number two is the baptism of water by immersion. This is not a sprinkle. This is not a dab. This is not a little splash. We believe in the full Holy Spirit baptism in water by immersion. And this is that baptism that is not just a ritual, but it's a powerful declaration and action that separates from the world that we are personally identifying with Christ's in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And you're gonna see that happen and take place this morning. But then there's the third baptism. The third baptism is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we believe we're an assembly of God church. We're a charismatic church that believes that when the Spirit comes on you and you're baptized in the Spirit, that we believe in this initial evidence called speaking in tongues. And we believe that prayer language comes to help empower you and strengthen you and to live this Spirit-filled life now that opens the door to gifts such as tongues, interpretation, discernment, knowledge, wisdom, faith, miracles and all those things. This is the gateway that opens up this life of impact to where we can share our faith, to where we can go on mission and we can have the boldness of the Holy Spirit. So there is baptism in Jesus, baptism in water that we're celebrating today. And then in a few weeks, we have Pentecost Sunday and we celebrate the baptism, that third one of the Holy Spirit. And those are just a little education piece for you to know where we're at today. So, I want to give you the doctrinal statement that we believe. Many of you, James, you especially, you didn't even know I knew such a big Christian word, did you? But this is the doctrinal statement that we believe what water baptism is all about. It is the ordinance of baptism by immersion that is commanded through the scriptures that all who repent and believe on Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, that they are to be baptized. Thus, they declare to the world that they have died with Christ but they've also been raised with him to walk in the power of the newness of life. And here we have three words, just simple three words that I want to key on just for a moment in this simple teaching. Number one, we have baptism. Number two, we have death. And number three, we have raised and raised unto life. That first word baptized simply is this. It comes from a Greek word called baptizo that is a form of the word bapto, meaning dip. It was used among the Greeks to signify, to be significant of the dyeing of a garment. So picture with me a white T-shirt or a white cloth that is dipped into some purple dye or some red dye or some blue dye. When that cloth goes into that liquid or that water, that dye, what happens? It begins to suck up and climb up. You may not have sucked the whole shirt in yet, but what happens to that water, because water knows no boundaries, right? The water begins to climb up that fabric so that it takes over every piece of fabric of that garment. You know, the kind of Christian mindset we have here that if we were to take a white shirt, put it in some red dye, the red dye would represent what the blood of Jesus Christ. And that red dye, we completely consume our lives. And that's what happened to us on salvation to where our little lives were impacted and died out by the blood of Jesus and his blood dyes us out and forgives us of all sin. He removes our mistakes. He removes our error. He removes our iniquity and he makes us whole through the blood of Jesus. So we're baptized. I understand baptism a little bit this morning because when we came over this morning to set up the baptism tank, sometimes that hose gets in there and gets a little snaky. And I went over there like myself, get myself like an idiot, going in there and dipping my hand, make sure the water was good. And I accidentally hit the garden hose and it snakes out, pops out the water and comes shooting straight in my face, up my nose, around my bald head and got my black shirt all wet. It's a good thing I'm wearing black today. Number one, because it's slimming. And number two, it hid the water that covered my entire body. And you would have never known. Baptized. It simply means to be submerged, to be immersed or be completely dipped in. The same Greeks would use the same word, baptizo, as in illustrating that they would draw some water by dipping another vessel into the water. So get this picture. You got the picture of dying and bringing it into that garment, but also that you and I are a bucket. And our bucket is now going into a body of water and it is scooping in and filling up the bucket. That word baptismo simply means the drawing of water by dipping another vessel into it. And you can get the parallel and the correlation here this morning that our lives were empty. And this is what we're celebrating this morning, that we are taking our bucket and we're dumping it into, dipping it into his water and we are filling it up. Come on. Can you see it right now? We already saw, we've already baptized 11 people this morning, You're pulling them under so that they are now filling up with the power and the life and the hope and the forgiveness and the righteousness of Christ. So now we're drawing our bucket into his water and we are completely changed that's baptism. The old is going away and we're stepping into new. But then there's a second word that we talked about, death and life, the raising up to life. You can never appreciate life until you understand death. Isn't that true? You ever heard people say something like this, man? Hey, good to see you today. Man, how was it? How was your sleep last night? It was a good night, good night? Yeah, I woke up this morning and it's better than the alternative. You've all heard that before. Well, what's the alternative? That you're dead as a doornail. That if you don't understand the power of the life in your body, in your lungs, in your being, then you'll never appreciate. You'll never appreciate life until you appreciate death. And we understand death in the Bible, in the old days, in the Old Testament, in the Levitical law. In order to receive forgiveness of our sin, what do we have to do? We had to kill something. Whether it's the priest or the head of the household. There were times and seasons where they would confess all their sins upon that goat and they would take that goat to the priest and the priest would take all the sins of all the tribe, of all the town and would put them upon the head of the goat and the priest would slaughter the goats. And with that goat slaughter would be your sin and your sin and your sin and my sin. What a messy church it would be this morning. If we had goats and bulls and pigeons and all kinds of lambs and sheep collected along the side and we said, "Hey, who wants forgiveness of sin? Let's come kill a goat." Wow. How different this room would look, smell, sound. Thank goodness that Jesus became that goat, that lamb, that sheep, that bull that turtle dove, that Jesus Christ would raise up on that third day, that he would give his life on that cross. He would be beaten. He would be mocked. He would be abused. He would be spit upon and naked. He would hang upon the cross and he would give us life as the final sacrifice, as the final lamb, as the final one that Jesus would set here and show us what death was all about. And in his death, we now appreciate life and life to the abundance, and life in the fullest. So we have to understand what death is before we can understand what life is. And through his death, we have our victory. We have the cross. Can somebody say amen? Amen. He showed us that this new way was better than the old way, but Jesus also showed us how important this significant part of water baptism was. Number one, Jesus commanded for us to be baptized. He said in Matthew 28, 19, he said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you're going to hear that in a moment from Pastor Kelly and Pastor Joel, Pastor Erica. They're going to take whoever's being baptized and they're going to say, "Okay, you ready? You ready? You ready? And they're going to go and dunk them under. But before they dunk under, they're going to say this. They're going to say, I baptize you in the name of the upon your confession of faith because you said you believe in Jesus because you have identified with him in his resurrection burial and death because you said this no one's forcing you no one's making you because you confess this as Jesus told us to do we're going to baptize in the father and the son and the holy spirit and you're going to be fully submerged and immersed in him. Now, I got to tell you, in the second service, there was one little kid, a little foster kid. He was over here. They went to baptize him, and his whole head didn't get wet, not every hair of his head. I said, Get him again. Get him again. Make sure that he gets fully covered and submersed because what is baptism? We are covered from head to toe. Every fiber of that shirt, every inch of that bucket is completely doused now with the presence and the power of Jesus. But also, number two, Jesus, he received an empowerment from it. He just didn't command it. He received power from it. And we see the moment Jesus was baptized. And many of you have already heard this before. But the day Jesus was baptized, John the Baptist was on the shore. And he was awaiting Jesus to be baptized. And he sees him coming. And he says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Remember remember how powerful that moment was. And John then reverse the story and says, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not baptizing you. You baptizing me. But Jesus says, no, 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 John, we got to fulfill what scripture said. You have got to, according to the scripture and the way this narrative has got to roll out, you have to baptize me. And John humbly baptized Jesus in those Jordan rivers. And as Jesus was coming out of the water, Jesus did the very thing that each of you 10 are going to do today. As he came out of the water, he heard a voice from heaven. Remember? He also felt the Holy Spirit come down on him like a dove. It wasn't a dove, but it was like a dove that came set down on his shoulder, and he, he heard this very powerful statement from heaven, and it said, "From the Father, this is my son in whom I'm I'm well pleased." And that's the kingdom way, isn't it? See, what's powerful about that moment is Jesus heard his Father. Speak to him before he ever did anything powerful, before he ever did anything miraculous. Jesus hadn't walked on water yet. He hadn't changed water to wine. He had not fed the multitudes. He had not kicked the devil's butt. He had not cast out demons. He hadn't done anything yet. This moment in the water baptism was the mark that would begin his ministry. And that's the kingdom way. The father looks down on you and me today and the father's gonna look down on the 10 of you being baptized today. and He's gonna look down on you and this is gonna start, it's gonna catapult, it's gonna launch you into the ministry and mission God has for each of you. But that's not the American way. The American way says that you gotta perform for me before I ever approve of you, doesn't it? Yeah, you better hit that home run, little Johnny, in that little baseball game. You better get your right test scores. You better do well on the ACT and the SAT, and you better make your way to that college. And your job, your boss is breathing down your neck on your job, right? And he doesn't really approve of you until you prove yourself, until you get that sales account or you bring in those numbers. And it even happens in our marriages and with our kids and our bosses and even in this church. We sometimes don't approve of each other until we perform, but that's the world's way. But God's way, just as we saw in Jesus' baptism, that he approves of us before we ever do anything for him or anyone else. And in that moment of approval comes the empowerment. But even third, Jesus saw that this baptism would be a way that he would predict his death. In Romans chapter six, verse four, it says, we are buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father, we too may walk in the newness of life. So as Jesus came up out of those baptism waters, he was almost foreshadowing and prophesying. Give us a sneak peek of what his death one day would be. You see, this moment was at the beginning, but he knew what was coming at the end, didn't he? He knew that he would be put under By the chains of this world, the sin of this world. He knew that he would go under into death, but that death couldn't hold him. But that he would raise up out the grave three days later and give us hope and deliverance and victory. So baptism, in a way, is us remembering what Christ did for us. It's a validation of his burial and the significance of his death so that we can appreciate his life. And that is just a quick snapshot of what baptism is. But I want to end, like I said, on one big thought. Everyone say one big thought. thought. Acts chapter 8, we learn of an evangelist named Philip. Philip was a powerful man of God. In fact, Philip was going from town to town and village to village. He was preaching the kingdom of God. And this is what they were saying in Acts eight twelve. It says this, that Philip went around preaching the word of God concerning the things of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. And watch this. As a result of people believing upon Jesus, both men and women were being baptized. What a powerful statement. So as Philip was going around having great Christian Movement success, he runs into one day on this desert road, a place where God had called him to, this Ethiopian eunuch. It was a high official in all the town, and he was a man of great stature and influence and power. As Philip came up next to this chariot, he hears from inside of it, there was an individual who would be the Ethiopian eunuch reading out of the prophet Isaiah. And so Philip, like a good man of God, jumped in and he asked him a question. He said, sir, do you know or understand what you're reading? This man said a very powerful statement. He said, how can I know unless someone shows me or preaches to me? And in that moment, Philip, full of faith and full of power and belief that anyone can come to Jesus, not just the low, not just the middle, but the high. And this man, the Ethiopian eunuch, would be a high official over all the country, that even he could come to Jesus. And Philip began to share with him the gospel. He began to break down the story of the life and the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. After he shared with him that story, this Ethiopian eunuch took on this attitude that you and I hope can grab today. In Acts chapter 8, verses 35 to 38, this is what Philip and the eunuch came to the point. The eunuch said, see, here is water. Watch this. What hinders, or one translation says prevents or stops. What hinders or stops me from being baptized. Look at his attitude. Hey, I just accepted Jesus Christ, so why not get after it right now? Then Philip said, if you then believe with all your heart, then you may. The Ethiopian eunuch answered and he said, oh, I don't think he said it in a quiet little librarian voice. Oh yeah, I, I believe that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. No, no, I don't believe the Ethiopian eunuch said it in a whisper. I believe that when Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may, because of the urgency and the, the immediacy that was in his life, he said, I want it now. And he answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Such a statement that would be to his country, to his workplace, To all the people that were around him, he made that statement and this is what Philip said. He said, both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water immediately and he baptized him. Here was a man that just moments before heard the gospel for the very first time, he learned about Jesus Christ. And in that moment, he took up the attitude that you and I have to have today. He simply said, what's stopping me now from being baptized? And in just a few moments, our 10 are gonna come up and they're going to prepare to be baptized in water. But before they do, I wanna talk to you for a moment. Where's that attitude in us that the Ethiopian eunuch had? What's stopping you from receiving forgiveness of your sins? What's stopping you from getting the miracle that you've been waiting on for months and months and months? What's stopping you from your marriage being restored? What's preventing you from being baptized in the Holy Spirit and sharing your faith with a new boldness and energy? What's stopping you from even being baptized today? There may be a handful of you. You've never even been baptized in water. And I ask you today that if you simply believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, you can do that today. Our staff is ready with extra clothes and towels, and you can do that today. What's stopping you? If we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, there is nothing that can stop us from anything. There's no mountain too high. There's no valley too low. There's no river too wide. There is nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing impossible for him and he can do it today, but we gotta accept the attitude of the Ethiopian eunuch that says, what's preventing me? What is stopping me? And there is nothing.